0: Hello and welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors.
1: When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon.
0: Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours.
2: Here,
0: iron. Hello man, welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Chip Nellinger. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. he's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the markets. Chip, how you doing this morning, man? Great, Casey. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just got a little bit of, uh, oh, po- I mean, it's winter. If it's not summer, it's winter here, so. You got some turkey um, hangover. It's a little still, turkey hangover. Still happening. Yeah, still, still lingering. You got that going on. You got a little cold weather out there. Um, harvest is pretty well wrapping up about everywhere. You take a look what's going on. And uh, the, pretty much the month of November, here it is, December 1st, the month of November, was a pretty rough month for corn, I guess. Take, talk a little bit about what you see happening in the corn market here.
3: Yeah, it really has been uh, rough in corn. And we had first notice day for the December contracts, not only just corn, but um, uh, wheat, soy products, uh, soy meal, soy oil, oats uh, and all eyes were on the corn market. We just had a implosion of the December, March corn spread, uh, that widened out to like 27, 27 and a quarter cents at one point. And, um, you know, I think that is the widest that has ever been. And we shed about, I don't know, somewhere north of a hundred thousand contracts of open interest, uh, which means most likely, that there were that many basis contracts that were just kind of given up on, right? Instead of rolling it, uh, you know, the elevator calls uh, the farmer and says, hey, you're, you know, pick a round number here. You're 20 under the December. Uh, We can roll that basis contract to the March. Now you're going to be 41, 42 cents under the March. And uh, some people just said, forget it, price me out. Uh, And, you know, 100,000 contracts is, uh, and it was somewhere north of there. That's over a half a billion bushels. So um there's an old saying that's been around for a long time. Some of the old timers from the uh the floor of the Chicago Board of Trade, uh the saying was you buy first notice day. And so far that's held. We had a nice bounce yesterday uh on first notice day. Um you know, we're down a little bit here today, but just fractionally. And uh, you know, that's the question. Do we finally wash this thing out far enough? to put a bottom in i think um the close today will tell you a little more probably more importantly a week from today that first uh you know full week of december will tell you uh whether the funds have decided that uh it's been it's been fun and profitable being short corn and wheat but the year end is quickly approaching here and uh you know four weeks i guess and uh you know at some point in time irregardless of the fundamentals it doesn't have to be because of a a bullish fundamental spark. At a certain point in time, these funds will take their money, uh, take profits, and move on to the next opportunity. And so, every other time, I was talking with somebody earlier today, and, and they made the joke. You know, every time wheat has kind of lifted its head up and, and approached the 50-day moving average, which kind of sometimes is your line in the sand as far as you know. If, the, if you can get a close or two above the 50-day moving average, sometimes. The funds want to not be short anymore. They want to get out of shorts. They want to be long. Every time, it's been a half a dozen or more times, wheat has done that in the last uh, eight, nine months. And you think, okay, the bottom's in and the funds just hammer it again. So the, the coming days uh, ahead and, and maybe the next week, I think, will tell you a lot more as to whether the corn market has finally put a bottom in for now and ready to bounce into winter uh the wheat market uh is kind of the in the same boat there massive short positions by the funds and you know i mean it, it, as you step back now we're in the month of december uh the south american weather really starts uh, getting front and center and so that's that could be question. maybe some of the uncertainty that that yeah. drives some volatility uh in the month of december
0: yep all right so that's my next question so <clears throat> we keep hearing about um stocks and how low stocks are world stocks world stocks world stocks look at around the world there's you know places that have been on fire here over the last five to seven years are showing um signs of you know india for example are showing signs of maybe things aren't as good as what we thought they were when it comes to what they have in stocks um they're one day they're gonna stop exports and next day they're gonna trickle them out and then now we're back to full full steam again and then you know it's just back and forth all the time with that you look what's going on in South America, where the, the southern part of the of the grow, the corn growing area is as what as it could possibly be, and it's that's a problem. And then you got the northern part that's dry as possibly can be, and that's a problem. Um, you got replant issues, you got just planting issues in general uh, that are causing a problem. Um, as you take a look at what's happening in those areas, you, you're starting to see, man, I don't know. There's some concern that maybe this second crop corn could be an issue just because they can't get the Beans to do what they need to do, and and, and we start looking at that. When when is the market going to st- start looking at that? Because I know we're still early in the, in the growing of the of soybeans in, in South America. When's the when's the market start looking at that, saying like, "Oh man, we got a problem. We better start building something into this."
3: Yeah, you know, I think in the case of beans, it, it already has. Right, we okay. we put uh, uh a buck on uh, beans yep. in you know six weeks or so, right. uh, just because of that uncertainty. They've got a little bit of rain in some of the dry areas. We've pulled back uh you know close to sixty cents, seventy cents off of those uh, I guess sixty cents off the highs and beans. Uh, it, it's funny, you know, in any weather situation, um, whether it's a frost, freeze, drought, um, you know, flood, it just seems like it takes the market, whatever market it is, corn, beans, wheat, it 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 oftentimes takes a long time for it to figure it out. And there is enough time. I mean, as you're talking about corn. There is enough time, right? I mean, they don't plant that sure. second crop corn until late February, uh, first part of March. So um, it's just a, too far out ahead of us right now to, to you know, have much focus uh, on the corn market. Now, I do think the month of December, uh, the weather and the rainfall in Brazil will really cause some volatility in the bean market. I think they're, they're you know, they know that that's a critical time, right? The next 60 days is, um, you know, kind of the equivalent of uh, of our July-August uh, down there in, in Brazil. And so uh, the bean market, I think, is highly sensitive to it. The corn market, there's so many questions there. You know, they, they do plant some first crop corn, um, some full season corn in Brazil. That planting uh, is way behind. There's some private estimates that have really pulled the, the corn crop estimates uh, back by upwards of, of 10 million tons. And so there's just so much uncertainty that's out ahead of us um that i think the the corn market is just saying okay we're we'll bide our time until we get to you know maybe late january or at least until we get this january crop report out of the way oftentimes turns the market's attention not only to the southern hemisphere but then okay what's it look like as far as planting and and uh you know the corn bean uh acreage mix and where is it dry where is it too wet how's spring shaping up so i think that is all out ahead of us and probably something that you know drive some uncertainty and maybe some short covering and at least gives us some bounces some better levels uh in corn especially than uh what we're uh where we're sitting right now uh, beans i think it'll be wildly wildly volatile still in the next 60 days 45 to 60 depending on how much more rainfall they get you mentioned um you know there's some of the beans they got in the first time that Kind of got uh, burned up uh, there's some replant that that needs to happen. there's been some switching away from beans right to cotton and some other crops, and so it's kind of a mess in Brazil right now. I mean certainly um, not normal, one of the more right. abnormal uh, springs for them that they probably have ever had, at least uh, that I remember you know they you hit it earlier they've had too much rain in some areas, like massive amounts of rain, fifty plus inches of rain. Um, you know, double what they normally get in an entire year they had in a month down there in southern part of right. Brazil. So, you know, flooding, uh, historic droughts to the north, uh, burn, beans that are burning up, beans that got flooded out. It's just really been a, a an abnormal year down there. And uh, they are getting a little bit of rain in some of the dry areas. And that's why beans have pulled off their recent highs here. But it is far from uh, you know a total one hundred and eighty change where everything's perfect in the forecast. Now there's still a lot of heat out there. Uh, they had hundred degree plus heat, record heat, uh, way early in the season. Uh, there's still hundred degree temperatures in the forecast, and and so it's kind of a mixed bag, very mixed bag uh, down in Brazil. And I think that fact alone probably says uh, we're going to keep some volatility. And to your point, eventually. I think that becomes front and center in the corn market. And they say, all right, you know what, what did that early uh, flooding in the South do to the corn crop down there? How many beans or how many corn uh, second crop corn acres are we going to get planted? Um, I I think the thing that's lurking under the surface here is it, 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 people got so negative on our demand outlook here, uh, and China became kind of quiet for a while, but, um, they were only quiet as it relates to U.S., right? Last year, Brazil had a record corn crop, and China has been a massive buyer of their corn. And so China still has an appetite. They also were a massive buyer of uh, Brazilian beans. Now uh, They've really picked up the pace and bought a, a lot of beans from us here recently, so they still have a huge appetite as far as China goes for corn, beans, wheat, you name it. They didn't, they didn't fall off the face of the earth. As far as the demand goes, they just shifted it down South. And, you know, I've talked about this, you know, even back uh, during the Trump administration and the trade war and the tariffs, you know, we're, we're a a useful uh, idiot as far as uh, China's concerned, right? If we have what they need, they'll certainly buy it all. They'll take it all. Um, But if they can get it somewhere else, they will drop us like a hot potato. And so that's still there. And and China still has a big appetite lurking under the surface here, especially if there's any further uncertainty as far as what the Southern Hemisphere production is going to be over the next
0: 60, 90 days. Yeah. So one more thing about the Southern Hemisphere. So you've got Argentina, well, arguably one of the world's largest uh, soybean meal uh, producers out there. Uh, Got a new president and the guy's, He's going to take a chainsaw to everything, you know, and, and uh, cut everything down. But but uh, I read an article this morning. They're not going to rejoin uh, BRICS, which is kind of a big deal. If you think about what that looks yeah, like, Yeah, I saw that it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Brexit, you know, in, in England, you know, it's kind of a similar thing to that. Not nearly to the extreme of leaving the EU, but it's similar. So you're looking at having to go back out and redevelop trade issues and and lines of stuff. I guess as you're looking at that, any anything. I mean, that's just happened, so it's very preliminary. But any thoughts about what that could look like as far as some possibility for uh, the United States to have a little more soybean meal action uh, than than in the past?
3: Well, I think that's un- uncertain, right? I mean, I think right. there's a couple things um, there to, to unpack, and you just don't know. That, that guy right. seems like a, a real wild card. Um, Taking a chainsaw, yeah. There's, there's probably some uh, chainsaws that need uh, taken to <laughs> yeah. different institutions across the world. But one thing yeah. he has said all along is he wants to do away um, or greatly reduce the large taxes that uh, Argentine farmers have when they sell their grain. They've been hoarding beans down there. Uh, first of all, they had a you know drought uh, of all droughts a year ago, so in the short run. Until they get some uh, new supplies here in, like, March, April on their new crop, um, that's one of the reasons that China's coming to us, because the world, uh, they just have zero to export as far as soy meal, soy oil. Um, the whole BRICS thing, yeah, I mean, that could that could change the, the equation. Um, th- there could be, if he gets that uh, tax situation reduced or... Um, you know, done away with entirely. That could mean that maybe there's a, in the short run some some beans from Argentina that get kind of dumped on the market. Their problem right now is they don't have a a real huge export problem, right? Uh, or, or program, I should say. Brazil, you know, they are set. China's put billions of dollars in there. Brazil has done a good job of really ramping up their infrastructure. Uh, they can export a ton of raw beans. Brazil's kind of the other way, right? They've, they've put their money into building crush facilities. So they don't export the raw beans. They export the meal and the oil kind of value added products. And so, um, that's part of the problem right now is even though the, uh, Brazilian farmer is sitting on some beans, it's not like they're just going to hit the export channel, uh, immediately. So there's a lot of questions down there. Some could be bullish. Some could be bearish. It just adds to the uncertainty of the entire weather situation, uh, in, right. in Brazil. I would mention that very quietly, it seems like Argentina's weather uh, finally has kind of turned for the better, right? Like They, they were basically 18 months uh, almost into uh, this drought, and it, and it has changed for the better for them. They're, they're getting some rain, and it, it might be right on time. So that is something that has definitely affected. If you think about it and you go back, we've had four years running of problems in South America, right? Between Argentina and or Brazil, and a couple of years they kind of flip-flopped. One year it was Argentina that had the drought, uh, and vice versa, but uh you know, 4 years running of, of production problems in the southern hemisphere, and if Argentina is going to have a a normal growing season and bounce back on production, that could offset a little bit of the losses in, in Brazil. So I don't want to paint too wildly bullish of a scenario. I think there'll be opportunities. Um, you know, some of it political, some of it weather related. We just have to sharpen our saw and, uh, you know, be, be ready because there's some profitability out there in the 24 crops for corn uh, and beans. Uh, and I think there'll be, you know, a window here of three, four months that, uh, we have some opportunities, but, uh, I think the point is, you better have a plan you better execute because uh you know if the weather all ever goes right start to finish we're going to be swimming in supply in the world and we'll have a huge repricing to the downside of commodity prices across the board
0: yeah yeah that's uh definitely something lingering out there all right you last thing i want to talk to you a little bit about look the at the protein markets cattle and hogs um I mean, hogs. God, God, love them. They just can't find a they can't find a foothold. You know what I mean? They just they keep walking up a grease slicked hill. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, that's you know? a good way of of describing it for sure. So, talk a little bit about the hog market. We see happening there, man.
3: You know why you're not supposed to uh, wrestle with a pig in the mud, right? No, because the pig likes it. <laughs> the pig enjoys it. <laughs> uh, that made me think about that because that was a good a good analogy. In, in, I mean, they've tried to rally a few times. They just can't mm-hmm. can't hold it. They sell off. You think you know we're going to zero. They bounce back. They're just trying to, to find some equilibrium, and they're having a hard time doing it. Uh, we've gotten very efficient. Our our you know pigs per litter uh, numbers are way up. Um, it's been a little bit of expansion and so we're fighting numbers right now it's kind of a, a an ugly scene in the in the hog industry right now um uh, because it's unprofitable right i mean like that's part of what we're what we're facing and so uh it's a little bit of a of an unknown scenario here in, in the hog industry and, and it's been brutal uh you know really over the last several years uh we went through that big expansion and then obviously we you know, had COVID. And so there's been a lot of uh, pain in the hog industry, and there continues to be. Um, with that being said, you know, you look out in the deferreds, and, and they're, you know, I'm talking like this coming summer, uh, and they're still, you know, up there in territories that you're like, oh, that's, you know, as high as we've been for a long, long time, historically speaking. Um, so real potential pain out there. At the same time, we've had a rally in meal. Uh, you know, corn still, you know, five bucks or slightly under. So feed ingredients have been a big, a big part of the the hog industry uh, problems there. And so, the, you know, that remains to be seen. It, it doesn't look like it's uh, super rosy right now. It doesn't mean there won't be rallies and profitability ahead of us, but a real uphill battle in hogs. And and now you've got an uphill battle in the cattle too because we've right. yeah. had this huge sell off from the highs. Probably cut into demand a little bit because of all time highs, you know cure for high prices is high prices, and it does its job of reducing demand, slowly building numbers just a little bit. Uh, the funds uh, you know we talked about the funds earlier and corn and, and wheat eventually it doesn't have to be a fundamental spark they're out of their position. they made a lot of money being long cattle, uh, and they said uh, we're going to take our money off the table and go find another market and it broke the cattle market far enough that you know, yeah. Can there be rallies? Absolutely. There could be a $10 rally in cattle like that, snap of a finger. Uh, can there be a $30 rally in a new all-time highs? It looks fairly unlikely just because you changed the structure of the market as the funds got out, you liquidated down and you got too deep of a correction. Um, could you get halfway back to the highs? Absolutely. But uh, it's really changed the name of the game. And, so now it's tightened margins up. You're looking at big losses out on any cattle that are placed today. And so um, uphill battle in, in cattle going forward too. And it just you know goes to show you, you risk management uh, is, is the name of the game, right? I mean, we talk about it a lot, having that plan and executing when you have profitability. These markets are as brutal as they've ever been. They make uh, the least amount of sense sometimes that they ever have. Um, and, and that's just, unfortunately the, the world and the game we got to, we've got to play in agriculture today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. November was a rough month for a lot of, a lot of commodities. It seemed like it was just a, a long 30 day correction. It felt like for a lot of things. So
3: be, yeah, <clears throat> So let's, be let's hope we've got some better, uh, and I think you do, especially in, in, in the corn market, uh, some better things to come you know, in the month of December here and and ahead of, uh, the new year. Absolutely.
0: All right, Chip, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at, uh, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. Best way is just to give us a call at our office in Morton, uh,
3: 309-550-7213. Love to chat with you, you know, as you get, uh, harvest and field work wrapped up. And now the focus kind of gets typically, uh, you know, back on, uh, you know, what do we do now? What do we do with these crops? Where do we price things? What's going to happen? We'd love to chat with you about uh, your plans and how to improve them.
0: Right on. Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for having me on, Casey. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron, LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Uh, where am I? Snapchat on at moving iron podcast uh TikTok at moving iron podcast see the video version of this over on the youtube channel which is at moving iron podcast check it out there go to moving iron llc for everything moving iron related and i uh, have some big announcements coming out here over the next couple of weeks that you'll need to pay attention to as well as um uh, the moving iron summit coming up here in november of next year so check that out um i think that's about it chip anything else you want to throw out there I don't know man Casey it's uh is there anywhere you're not you are worldwide um there's places that I don't even know that I'm at so that's That's, uh, yeah that's scary it is really is scary you're worldwide people people ask me questions from stuff like how'd you find me (laughs) so so, as long as they're not showing up uh (laughs) yeah you know knocking on on your door. door yeah yeah that's right that's uh that's a whole nother thing but good times and uh we'll uh See you next week, man. All right, take care. All right, with that, in case you see more Chip Nango, it's going to be smart folks. Out.
1: When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon.
0: Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours.
2: Find us here moving higher.